The sacred divine feminine is creative, abundant, flowing, receiving, and disruptive. And the new energy of money, including cryptocurrency, decentralized finance, NFTs, and even the metaverse, is all these things too. Welcome to the Goddess of Crypto, a weekly show where women who are already in this powerful space will cover these topics simply, so you can relax into knowing that the future of finance is female. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Goddess of Crypto. I have with me the beautiful, the brilliant Barkley Romero. She is a top real estate agent, and she is also the founder of Real Gratitude. And yes, that is a double entendre because the real (laughs) in Real Gratitude is all about the real estate that she's doing. And Barkley, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure to be here. I just, I think so much has happened since we met. Barkley and I ran into each other at a conference and we were immediately like, zip, must talk. And I've been saying to her for a year, let's get you on the show. And boom, here she is. Uh, Barkley, talk about where you see real estate going. Because I know like you're, you're not just a realtor, you're really a realtor futurist. So I, wanna, I want everybody to like get an idea of where you see things going. Yeah, I see real estate being in the future, um, much more community driven. And I also see it more based on chain. So I see what and what I mean by that is that I see us being able to tap into Web3 technology and blockchain technology in order to create more transparent and more um, more smooth running systems for our agents and for our clients. Yeah, and uh, and that on-chain piece, which means on the blockchain, is going to allow people to have uh, a lot less fraud as well, which I know, you know, my girlfriend owns a title company. That is a huge issue, fraud, and people just like lying about their stuff. And that's that's the people who are doing it on purpose. Then there's a whole bunch of people who are forgetting to tell the truth about their stuff because they just don't remember, remember what they did that was yeah. to code or not to code or whatever. So to be able to put all of that on chain, I think is going to be really marvelous. So yes. So you're a realtor on the West Coast. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. Uh, t- say again, where and, and kind of like how much of what you do is regular real estate versus this kind of future <laughs> thinking. Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, so I originally got my license in California uh, back uh, around the pandemic, actually, just a couple months before the pandemic started. Um, and then a year later, I ended up getting it in Arizona. By the end of the year, I'm on track to have my license in Georgia, Florida, and Nevada. So I will be licensed in five out of the 50 states by you know 2024. But um, what I have figured out is that me doing real estate. And me doing what we call connecting the community are not two separate things. They actually go hand in hand. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I created a Facebook group that helped my neighbors uh, redistribute everything that was being hoarded at the time. And by way of that, people in the community started reaching out to me for not only help um, and resources, but also for real estate advice. So I realized that if I blended the two together... 
and used my marketing in a way that was more organic and more symbiotic, that it would not only, you know, it would cost me the same amount of money, but it would be much more efficient in what it could do for the community. So um, I wouldn't say that there is time that I spend doing other, you know, other things. It's all 100% real estate. But what I figured out is that if we take these not only philanthropic efforts, but these blockchain technologies and create systems for our agents to utilize, that it'll be much more efficient for everyone. It, not just that, it'll be a much better experience for everyone. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, when you start thinking in terms of Web3, one of the, I would say if you said like, what are the top three words that people think in terms of when they're in the Web3 community, that's it. Community is one of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what got feels, me in. Yeah, it feels like such a community and it feels like a community where everybody lifts everybody else up, where everybody says, you know, how can I help? How can I teach you if you have an, a desire to learn? Uh, this is how I learned. This is how I'd love to show you how to learn. So everybody's like paying it forward at the same time. Um, but I love what you said about like everybody was hoarding and you helped them mm-hmm. to redistribute. So um, true confession, I still have two giant things of Charmin and two giant <laughs> things of Bounty in our attic. And when we run out of down, you know, on the on yeah. the regular house level, we just go buy more. But I've got these two sets up in because I'm just I don't know. I mean, I'm not yeah. one of those zombie apocalypse people. But ever since the pandemic, I'm like, those may be the things that you need to be able to barter with when, you know, there's no banks where the, you know, the electrical yeah. grid goes down or whatever. So, yeah. Completely. I completely bank understand of toilet that. paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, it was such a cool um, thing to witness because the way that I just onboarded people into the community was reaching out to them on Facebook. If they, the original iteration of the company was called Glendale Gratitude. So it was just in Glendale, California. And anybody that had that in their profile on Facebook, I sent a cold email out to and said, Hey, this is for our neighborhood. If you need anything, post on the wall and see if somebody can help you out with it. And people were getting baby wipes. They were getting diapers, beans and rice. Some people were going grocery shopping for other people. It was just a beautiful thing to be able to witness in a time that was otherwise so depressing. Oh, I love that. That's very heartwarming. Thank you. And of course, I know Glendale well. I lived all around that area when I was in L.A., so, so now that's evolved into real mm-hmm. gratitude and real gratitude. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about like how that exists today. Yeah. So real gratitude is a team of real estate agents that use their marketing in a way that connects the community. So what I teach all of my agents on the team to do is to highlight local businesses, nonprofits, and local artists whenever they close on a transaction in a way that connects the community. So most of the time, um, when a transaction is over a certain price point, the average price point for that neighborhood, what we do is we reach out to the nonprofit, find out what the nonprofit needs, and then go door to door and get those items from the neighbors. And at the same time, we are collecting emails, phone numbers, whatever way 
they prefer to have us contact them to be a part of our community. So we're not building um, a lead generation service, but we're building a community building service. So we're teaching our agents how to use community in order to grow their own business and ultimately to have a more fulfilling life through their work. Mm, That's beautiful. I I coach a group of realtors and they're always saying, how do I interact with the community more? How do I have a better experience with the neighbors? How do I talk to the neighbors? So Mm -hmm. it's really a beautiful idea. Now, is this something that is exclusive to real gratitude? Is this something that like the listeners can say, yes, I want to do this too. And I'm going to start like, do they have to license this concept from you? Or can they just go out and start doing this in their community? Yeah, so they could go out and do it in their community. But what I would say is that from my scripts that I've been working on the past two and a half, three years, 55% of the people that I talk to end up giving me their email address or their phone number and wanting more information on how to join the community. What real gratitude is, is it's a community for you to join that gives you benefits such as referral partners. It gives you the script work. It gives you templates. So an agent could at this point go out and do these exact same things that I'm doing, but they're trying to reinvent the wheel to a point because we've already built those systems for them at a fraction of what a traditional team costs. So that's been our goal is to make this So that the agent doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. They can just hop right into our systems and they pay not much more than a typical referral fee um, in order to work with us and have access to all of those things. Oh, that's so interesting. So you're using the blockchain to create that community nationwide. Is that right? Correct. So what we have done is all of our onboarding for Real Gratitude is in the form of a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. Uh, for if you don't know what that is, all it is is a new business entity that is only recognized in a few states, but it is a Web3 business entity where a group of people come together around one fund and one mission. And they say, now we are going to vote democratically on what we do with these funds and how we move as a collective. So there are a couple of different tools that you can choose to build your DAOs in. We decided to build on um, what is called Charmverse. And so I actually just built that out over the weekend for all of our agents to get onboarded through that. It has um, all of the links that they need. It has forms for them to fill out. It has all of the coursework for them to take um, and anything that they need to know including templates for the, for their flyers and door hangers and all of those things um, in that Charmverse so they have easy access to it. So Charmverse is the software platform for this particular functional system that is the DAO. Yeah, that was a really exactly. great explanation of a DAO. I've had several guests on who talk about DAOs. I've done several crypto vocabulary episodes. We've defined DAOs. And yeah. the you know the important thing about the 
decentralized part of the autonomous organization that is a DAO is nobody's in charge of it. Like everybody's in charge of it because everybody gets an equal vote. So when Barkley's talking about uh, a you know a democratic version of this. I mean, it's about the most democratic thing that you can possibly get because literally it's being like the person that creates it says, I'm creating this to not be in charge of this. I'm creating this community to run itself. And that's a beautiful thing when it's properly run. I've seen DAOs ruin themselves because people get greedy. Um, I know that in your case, you're doing something that is so community-based. It's like people have a there isn't really the greed factor. I don't think will will come in in the same way as like, oh, this DAO could generate a lot of money, and therefore now people start to get really ugly about it. Um, so yeah. I think it's a great. I think it's a great idea what you're doing. I also want to ask about Charmverse because I've never heard of it. But um, are you a programmer? Like, how did you figure all that stuff no, out? No. So my CPO, um, Alexa Mill. She is incredible. She's Wait, incredible. What's a CPO? I don't think I. Oh, she's a publicity <laughs> officer. Is that right? Product. Chief product officer. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. So chief product so she, officer. Yes. Yeah. So she is my CPO for uh, the platform, which I'm sure we, we can get into um, at some point. But ultimately, um, what that platform does is allows people to create digital twins of their home so that they can keep a record of all maintenance that occurs to that home. So that when it's time to sell, it's much smoother, much more transparent, and can be done, um, you know, in a fraction of the time, ideally. So is that is that digital twin? Is that an NFT of the home? Yes, a dynamic right one. one. So yeah, because it's going to have to get updated and changed, exactly. and yes, so that's exactly. a really good idea, and it's absolutely where I've seen like. I want to say like the first minute that I heard about what an NFT was, the second thing I did was go, oh, can't wait till you can do that with houses because yeah. it's like so valuable for a home. Um, but you can't use that NFT, that digital twin to sell the house right now because of the legalities of you know what you can sell. But in the future, you could possibly see that happening, correct? Correct. We possibly could. And we've seen a couple different companies playing with transfer of title um, on chain. And what we're aiming to do is be the verifiable source for all of those companies and a data aggregation so that we can host all of those um, homes that are listed on their platforms in one centralized database for our community to come together and go shopping. Come together and go shopping. I love that. Does that make sense? So uh, yeah, it does actually. Uh, so I know when you say like you've seen a couple companies play around with with that. I know that Proppy has has mm-hmm. done stuff with um, with selling homes as NFTs. I just know the reason I said what I said the way that I said it is that it is not easy to do, and it like you you have to thread the needle a little bit right now to make a an NFT bit. sale. Um, and then late a lot bit, yes. And then yes. later there will be more transparency and more ease and flow with that process. But we really are so early. It's very, very difficult to do that. And, you know, selling a house as an NFT is a, it, it basically just has to do with the way that the, 
that the property is created legally. And Mm -hmm. so it does get pretty complicated. So, and at the moment, a lot of local governments, state governments are like, no, we're not recognizing that. So I I get that you're, you've gone in it from a different direction, which I think is really valuable and important, but then that you would be able to later use that same NFT to transact with the house that I think will make things like it, you would be ahead of the curve when that eventually happens because you would have already had the system for that and you've already onboarded all these realtors. Okay, you're brilliant. I just don't even know what to say. Keep <laughs> keep going, keep going. My Thank brain you. is all Thank over you. the map here. But yeah, yes. we were we were talking about Charmverse though, and um, how I found this and and me being a programmer and I, I'm because I'm not. Um, but it's been great building a team. Um, our our DAO is not fully decentralized yet because it does, uh, you know, in the beginning, I do think it it will be a lot, a lot smoother if we have a little bit of centralization. So what we've done is we are we've applied for our five hundred one c three designation. And we've created board members, and then which offices. is a nonprofit is the which the is a nonprofit. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Correct. Okay, keep going. Correct. So we've we've um, nominated our board members and our and our officers for that, and those people hold the most weight um, to their vote in the DAO. And then after that, we will have our investors because we're we are doing a small investment round. Um, to build out the Figma prototype for um, that platform that I was talking about for the digital twins. Um, we are going to be working with um, Solidity Labs for that one. They they are going to be our design team on that. So that will be a whole VC raise that we end up doing to build out that platform. But what Figma is, is kind of like a, a Canva for apps and for um, websites. So yeah, so we're having a design team build out what it'll look like, what the user experience will be with the links, even clicking through to new pages, all of that beautiful jazz. It just won't make the NFT. It won't make the digital twin. It won't actually function, but it'll give that whole design. So um, I am not a programmer. I I do not know what I'm doing when it comes to I do to not coding. play one on TV. Yes, I do not play one okay. on TV yet. Yet. Um I did play a hacker on TV once though. That was that was a fun one. Um but but not a programmer yet. Um so I've just been really really lucky that and 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 I do believe that we create our own luck. So I will recognize that, but I've been really grateful this year and very um, blessed to have garnered such a great team behind me. Um, and funny enough, I met most of them on Twitter. That is not funny, surprising <laughs> at all. It's funny, normal to me because yeah. there's a whole crypto Twitter and like, you know, the all crypto Twitter consists of this really deeply supportive. Okay. They're also massive trolls, but just in general, yeah. I find <laughs> that if you want information, and you want support in Web3, you can go to Crypto Twitter and it's going to give you whatever you need. And I love playing in that space as well. I've met some really cool people. I actually meet most of my guests on at shows or I see them at shows, but I find that getting a hold of them, tracking them, you know, asking them to be guests, I can do a lot of that on, on, on Crypto Twitter because it's like, it's just so supportive. So yeah, I yeah. love that you met these folks that mm-hmm. way. That's fantastic. Yeah. So now what you've got your, okay. So you've got the DAO, 
You've got the, you've got your board of advisors, you're centralized, but going to decentralized. You've got your templates, your scripts. You are at this point where now people can onboard into your system. What's the next step that they're going to be taking? Yeah. So the next step would be onboarding. Um, we've got a pretty, um, sweet deal. What we offer our agents is all of the training, all the onboarding. Everything is completely free as long as they remain in good standing. So what that means is that they take one course that is a welcome to the team and basically goes down all the branding and anything they need to know in order to brand themselves as a real gratitude agent. Um, They have to take that within the first 30 days so they know what they're talking about. Um, Then the rest of the coursework is you have a longer period of time to take. Um, and then we offer a blockchain course. So you've got the course on how to build your business by connecting the community. And then you've got a blockchain basics course. Um, once you complete those, we have dynamic coursework that is released every single month. And that gives you content ideas and updates on the real estate industry as a whole, as well as the Web3 market. So we're keeping our agents informed. And as I said, this is all free. Um, the only thing is that if an agent isn't in good standing, then we do charge. But as long as they're connecting the community with every single transaction and they are, um, you know, taking the coursework, all it is, is that, as I said before, just slightly more than a standard referral fee. So it's a pretty sweet deal, especially for newer agents that are looking to, um, build their business in a way that will give them true connections in the community and true relationships. Um, And it's also good for agents that just haven't figured out how to tap into the community yet. So it's 80% of them. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's a pretty open market. We are starting to uh, find that people that don't necessarily want to do the community connections, but want to contribute to the DAO that we can invite them in to just do, you know, um, basically kind of a donation basis. So we are trying to figure out ways of having people that aren't official team members. Um, but as I said, we keep it super affordable. We want it to be sustainable. We don't want people to outgrow us. We truly want to build a community within the real estate industry. Um, because, you know, they say that. Um, nearly 85% of agents, I think it is, fail within the first five years. So that's almost all of them are, are yeah. failing <laughs> with, uh, yeah. with, within the first five years. And so there's something clearly missing there um, in training and in team building. So if we can do that in a more sustainable way, I really think that we could change the real estate industry. You're absolutely right about... Um the 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 failure rates and also about the missing thing when i first got to florida i was thinking oh i don't know if i'm going to be um pursuing what because i was leaving my current I, I left my partner and so i left our businesses behind and i'm like now what i don't know and so in addition to starting to move forward in my coaching practice which is what i ended up going with i also thought maybe I'll go ahead and think about being a realtor. That could be. And so I started looking into it and I um, was about three quarters of the way through getting my license. And I was like, I don't want to do this at all. 
all of the training material. And I had been a private real estate investor for a long time, um, but I'd never gotten licensed. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go ahead and do this. I'm going to go ahead and be a, a realtor. But about three quarters of the way through, I was like, this entire coursework is all here designed to make me not get sued. There was zero explanation about business. There was zero explanation about how to build my business. There was zero explanation about how businesses function and how as a sole proprietor realtor, one or you know, an LLC realtor or whatever, that one would function in inside of creating, building, and growing a sustainable business practice. So I was like, oh, this yeah. is not for me. I don't want to do this. And I and I stopped. So I'm really excited for you that you have created something that is going to support realtors because I feel like, you know, there's some programs out there. I love Ninja Selling, for example. I feel mm, like Ninja yeah. Selling super supports realtors. And if you're a realtor and you're listening to this, Ninja Selling is a a course, but it's also a book and the book walks you through the course. So the book is actually really, really supportive and valuable. I encourage you to consider taking a look at that. Um, but I love the idea that you have, it sounds like a community for realtors as well as helping realtors get out into their community. And I think that's very valuable as well. So good for you. Thank you. Absolutely. And that's that's really what I'm aiming to create. And it was kind of funny because the way that I found out what a DAO was is I had already started creating this community, right, um, for my neighborhood and for the Los Angeles community. And I had a friend reach out to me and was like, hey, have you ever heard of what a DAO is? And I was like, like Dow Jones, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then he, <laughs> not spelled the same, yes. Same at all. <laughs> and so, so he he was like, here's some articles on it, read about it. I think you're really gonna dig it. And the one thing that it kept saying over and over and over was the word community. And I really honed in on that and realized that was what I wanted to build more than anything, was just a community of like-minded people that believe that if we put this almost butterfly effect of goodness onto each real estate transaction, then we can create a never-ending cycle of regeneration. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh my goodness. Thanks. The visuals <laughs> I just got on that is really, really great. Like, like that it's like a little bit of fairy dust sprinkled on each transaction and then yeah. it ripples out to the community. That's that's just gorgeous. Thank you for that image. So I want to ask you, because this is a show that's by women for women. I want to just ask, you know, real estate is one of the few markets that I feel has really embraced women in power and, and where a woman can't say like, hey, there's a glass ceiling because of the men in the world who are running everything. I think a lot of realtors are women. I know like in the title business, like 80% of title agents are women. It's like a huge number. And I know that in real estate, it might not be that high, but it's a significant amount. So yeah. what's it like being a woman, not just in real estate, but a woman at this kind of bleeding edge of real estate? And do you ever feel like there's anybody who you know is getting in the way or are you just getting all the help that you need? Yeah. So I feel like when I first started in real estate, um, that it was less about me being a woman and more about me looking so young. Oh yeah. Um, I was going to go there too, because yeah. I was like, I'm sure you're, and people were like, are you 12, honey? Can you have your real estate yeah. license yet? And 
Yeah. If you're exactly. listening to this instead of instead of watching, Barkley looks like she's about <laughs> uh, 18. I'll give you 22, Barkley. Yeah. That's like the maybe that you get to be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. 22. Um, yeah. and in reality, I'm a decade older than that, right? So um I think that that was my almost larger factor than being a woman, because as you say, there are so many women in real estate that um, I think society has grown to, um, you know, trust women in that position, which, um, you know, is strange to say because we should trust women in all positions. All positions, yes. <laughs> that's, that's like a, a different show that we could have, so, you know, in, in itself. But that being said, um, as far as being a woman in Web3 and blockchain, um, that was interesting in the beginning because um, as we talked about Twitter before, uh, we call our profile pictures on Twitter PFPs. And most people have an NFT that they feel um, very connected to or love their community and rock that um, NFT as their PFP. So... I don't do that. I have a little headshot of me with butterfly wings as my PFP. And, um, and I really got a lot of like what we call FUD. Like people were just mean to me about having a, my picture as my profile picture and B, not having an NFT where I have over two dozen NFTs and love every single community that I'm a member of. So. For me to A, pick one project when A, none of those projects are paying me to promote that project first off. And second off, I'm creating my own brand that does pay me to promote it. Why would I not have myself? But people were saying that I was trying to thirst trap, that it wasn't you know part of the culture and were really kind of rude about it. And finally, and it, on on Twitter, you can tell. No, us I'm sorry. Has, I'm sorry. I'm assuming that anybody over 35 has no idea what a thirst trap is. So I'll take your definition. I actually have a similar story, but in the reverse that yeah. I really want to share that I haven't had a chance to share on the show yet. But talk thirst trap Ooh. first. Yeah. Okay. Thirst trap is like somebody that's like looking for attention. Like they're they're looking to get attention, especially from like the other sex, right? So that's what a thirst trap is. Um yeah. and 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 typically like people say it in like you're wearing a more revealing outfit or doing something kind of provocative. But keep in mind this is literally me and like a pretty conservative dress with butterfly wings. Right, right. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Um, So when I first started looking into crypto Twitter as having like my own um, goddess of crypto um, moniker on their handle on, on there, um, I was using a picture of me that had been generated, you know, those, um, those programs where like put, put in your face and then it generates 50 pictures of you, but they're all different kinds of cartoons. I had picked one I particularly liked, and that was the face that I had posted. Yeah. And I did do it because I was like, I'm 20 years older than a lot of these girls. And I was a little shy, I admit. And so I was like, let me just put the picture up and I'm trying to build this from absolutely nothing. You know, let's see what comes up with it. Well, there was a guy on there who is 
misogynist does not even begin mm. to give the tip of the iceberg of what a complete yokel this guy is about women about money about like literally at one point uh, he posted something that said like if she's older than 24 move on because she's not worth it i mean that whole thing and he's got a ton of money so it's all about you know how how big his cojones are which he's showing off through his airplane and his fancy car and like literally the day that the war was declared in Ukraine, the next day he had these Ukrainian models on his private jet and was like, oh, I'm helping get people out of the country. I mean, it was like that kind of grossness. Gross, yeah. And and so I got into a little bit of a, a match with him, a match yeah. of wits, which again, don't ever go in with an unarmed person into a battle of wits because here, like within three sets of back and forth tweets, he was like, you're old. And I can tell because you don't have your picture up. So you're probably ugly too. And I was like, all right, that's it. And I just posted my picture and that was it. And I was like, I'm done hiding. I will not hide behind a cartoon. I will just be me. And yeah, you know, we all have to deal. I mean, God bless him someday. The pigeons will come home to roost and his latest trophy wife will leave him for, you know, whatever like substance she actually wants (laughs) and his children will hate him or his money will be gone or whatever. And that is his karma and none of my business. But it was really interesting because I, it didn't occur to me, especially he was kind of, I'll call him like on the fringes of crypto Twitter, like not a builder, not somebody who was like really into the tokens or whatever, just somebody who obviously had invested at the right time and had made money and was like, crypto's great until it wasn't. And then all of a sudden he disappeared. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was because I blocked him. I don't know. One of those two things. But anyway, it, it just was, it was a really good lesson in how you're really showing up from the inside and not from the outside because yeah. we're all going to get old. We're all going to have bad hair days, whatever. You and I less frequently than most people I think but um, but it is it is definitely something you know we all have to face our the way we look and the way that we look at different times in our lives including that guy so it Mm -hmm. was like okay just show up as who you are and I think the NFT thing a lot of people do that I got you know plenty of friends who own bored apes and they're like their whole uh, uh, Twitter presence is all about their board all about ape NFT. And I get it. You know, that's your prestige symbol. That's your flex, right? It's a beautiful yeah. thing for them. But if you want to show up with butterfly wings sprouting out of your head, like you should be able to go right ahead and not be told that you're trying to get somewhere with somebody or whatever. And also, yeah. if you want to show off your beautiful dresses or your beautiful cleavage and your beautiful dresses or whatever, that's your business too, right? Right. Yeah. And and so it actually annoyed me so much because people were like, well, you, if you're in the NFT community, you should have an NFT and you can tell, um, when somebody has an NFT as their profile picture on Twitter, because it's a hexagon, it's in the shape of a hexagon as opposed to a circle. So what I did is I took that file that was my profile picture and I went ahead and I minted it. And I turned it yep. into an NFT and now I have a hexagon. 
So nobody can say anything. <laughs> That's so smart. That's so Thank smart. You. And my favorite thing is, as usual, there's Barkley thinking outside of the box. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right. I, I always finish the show out by asking what's one more thing you want the women who are listening to this to know. And it could be about anything, mm-hmm. not necessarily about business, just in, in general. What's, what's the one thing you want women to know? Ooh, that's such a good one. That's such a good one. Um, I would say the one thing I want women to know, and this is purely, honestly speaking, from something that I had to learn along the way, is that in order to be taken seriously, you have to take yourself seriously. And you also have to be willing to play. Oh, I love that. Speak more to those, both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of the times we get nervous to show up, um, or just to, uh, be real, to say our truth. We tiptoe around things and then we say, nobody takes me seriously or nobody respects me. But what it comes down to is that in order to have those things, no matter what gender you are, male or female, you have to show up and be 100% real, transparent, and you have to be committed, right? You have to be willing to, I don't like the word sacrifice, but you have to be willing to put in the work. You have to be willing to put in the work. Um, So sometimes it's a matter of, coming to terms with you are enough in order for things to shift for you, for the outside world to start believing that. Because when we think about it, the outside, what we feel from everybody else is actually has nothing to do with them. It's all a reflection of what we feel in here. So if you're not feeling like you're being taken seriously or being respected Figure out how you're not respecting yourself and not taking yourself seriously enough. And then make the changes and see how the world completely just opens up and shifts. And that's beautiful. And how about the play part? And the play part is you can't take life too seriously. You have to be willing to play, especially when we're doing stuff in Web3 because it's all new territory and it's like, oh, this is exciting. Oh my gosh, did you hear what tech can do now? And everything's new and it's like, you have to go in um, with that childlike mindset. And, and that's how we, we stay alive. Once you stop learning, you start dying. So it's coming in with that. I am, I am serious and I, you know, I demand respect because the stuff that I'm doing is, you know, real and honest, but I also am here to learn and I know nothing. Mm, beautiful yeah. beautiful oh this is gorgeous thank you Barkley thank you yeah. so much thank you for everything that you shared today oh and thank you for being here yeah thank you so much for having me I'm so glad we finally made this happen I know I know me too if you like this episode of goddess of crypto please comment on it like it review it on your favorite platform and subscribe to it and most importantly Share it, share it with all of the women in your lives. 
your uh, your moms, your daughters, your girlfriends, your besties, your your <laughs> grandparents, all of it. Share it with all the women in your life because the financial tsunami is coming and we want to teach you to learn to surf so that you can ride the waves instead of getting knocked over. I will see you next time on Goddess of Crypto. Every week, transformational wealth coach Hallie Evelyn leads a conversation that helps to ensure that women everywhere can learn to surf the coming tsunami of the new energy of money. You can find her at goddessofcrypto.me. That's goddessofcrypto.me. Be sure to subscribe to Goddess of Crypto on your favorite platform or watch the show on YouTube. And remember, wealth isn't just your privilege. It's your right.